listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters. Joining me today are my friends, Brian Zimbozic. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chuck. And of course, the one, the only, the wonderful Jana Magruder, Director of Love for Kids. Hi, Jana. Hello. We are in our own homes, in our own little locations. We see each other on Zoom more than we ever saw each other in person, I think. I'm not sure. But you get used to each other's spaces. So I want to hear just a little bit about your space where you are right now. Jana, we'll start with you. I know you're in the dining room, right? I have been sitting at my dining room table since March 13th of 2020. And um, as far as Chuck knows, I haven't left because that's the no, only that's, place you no, ever see me. <laughs> not true. Not true. Because you took a couple of weeks and you went to visit your that's parents true. in Texas and you were in your I dad's did. like man cave. I was in my dad's man cave, which is basically um, Jimmy Buffett land. I won't, I won't call what he calls <laughs> it, but you can you can think tennis. of another word for Jimmy tennis Buffett posters, land. And tennis, yeah. yes. That's right. Yes. So, Shout out to Lee Wilson. Part, hey, Lee. We love you on the podcast, brother. Yes. He doesn't miss one ever. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, now we're going to find out. Because if he, <laughs> if he doesn't mention this, we'll know he's not listening. Exactly. So, but Jenna, you've moved into your dining room and you actually as we see the image of you, you know, those of us who are watching this on YouTube and can see the video behind you, you have emptied out your China hutch and you've filled yes. it up with books. Yes. I, let's call that, uh, put that in the COVID project quarantine project category. So, uh, this behind me used to be full of, uh, China and, and crystal and things like, you know, things from my grandmother. <laughs> and one day, I just was like, I need my books. You know, I miss my books. They're in boxes somewhere. These, this China Hutch would make a great bookshelf, little library. And so basically I call this my uh, library dining room now. So it doubles as both. Nice. And Brian, are you, what room in the house are you in? Are you in the dining room as well? No, I used to be in the dining room. I remember uh, be- before COVID when when we would work remotely a couple of days a week, I could get by at the dining room table, especially when the kids were in school. But now when everybody's home, it's just too central in my house. So yep. I'm in the bonus room, uh, which is great. It's quiet, but it's hot up here. It's above the garage. So oh, the air yeah. conditioning doesn't really get here. So I've got two fans going at me from each side. And uh, I set up a little corner for a little workspace. Get a little circulation of the air. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Behind you, uh, for those who can't see, who are just listening in the traditional format, you have pictures behind you. That's like the state seal from different states you've lived in. Is that what that is? Yeah. So this is a. I'm I'm a homer for Midwestern Seminary with this for the church. This is they have uh, state seals for every state, and then for the church, their their kind of emphasis. And so we got four of them, uh, one for each state that my family's lived in. And which are your states for those of us who aren't so Maryland, you? Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida. And which one has the best seal? <laughs> oh. Which is the coolest seal? Because you can't just have them. You have to rank them. I, I tell you, the top two, Florida over here, I think I did mine right, and Tennessee over here, I think are pretty cool. Maryland right, so- and, and, and Kentucky, you guys are okay too, but... <laughs> They're pretty interesting. So you do, you basically hung them in order, the best ones on the top, and then you I, dropped I, them down. Not intentionally, but providentially, that's how it turned out. There you go, providentially. Well, I, I have been working out of my garage. We we converted our two-car garage into uh, – actually, it's more like a three-car garage. We converted it into a living space a while ago, pre-COVID. Uh, we just needed more family room space so the kids had a place to hang out with their friends and watch movies. 
And so we put sliding glass doors in where the garage doors used to be and carpeted and painted. And it looks nice, but it's not heated or cooled. Mm. And so it, in the summer where we are right now, it gets really hot. Yeah. So I, I'm with you, Brian, and having little fans blowing. And I try to leave the door open to the house and get the cool air to come out. We've, we all come to this place. And Jana may be there more so than me. Or she's just quicker on the uptake, I guess. Like where we face the fact that this is not as temporary as we thought it might have been. And we go ahead and move out the glasses and put the books in the china cabinet, you know? <laughs> so I've kind of resisted making this a permanent setup. It's just, it's temporary, right? But there's something to it, guys, where, where it, when everything is temporary forever, is it really temporary? Right. <laughs> and so we're, we're facing the same thing in the church, in our kids' ministries. And so really, although we're having a good time talking about our spaces, it's a good segue to our conversation today. This whole COVID thing came out of nowhere. It was unexpected. All of a sudden, we had to stop meeting. We need to come up with something really quickly that we felt would be a temporary patch to get us through a few weeks until we could meet again. Now we're at a time where some of us are beginning to meet in person again, but not at full capacity. We realize maybe, just maybe, this virtual gathering, uh, digital distribution, or whether it's digital or analog, distribution to do ministry outside the walls of the church may be here for longer than we would have thought before. And we need to reassess what we're doing and figure out how we can do it better. And for some of us, we have, you know, different responses to... Uh, to crisis. You know, there's the fight, flight, or freeze. I guess it's fight, flight, freeze, or faint is the fourth <laughs> F that I've heard recently. And I don't know which ones you guys are, but I tend to be a fleer. Like, I'm, I just run away. If I'm uncomfortable, I'll just get out of here and clear out. Um, we've all been forced to clear out. Yeah. So the question you is, what are, are we doing? And unfortunately, <laughs> a, a lot of us have frozen. Yeah. You know, I think in, in ministry, we, we don't know what to do. And so we can become paralyzed. And we wait and watch uh, for what's what are the school systems going to do? Or what's the big church down the road going to do? Or, or what's the local church around the corner going to do? And, and it's hard for us to make a choice. So that's what we want to talk about today. What is it we can do now? How might we need to be thinking differently as we go forward? So that as we do, uh, for those of us who are waiting, how can we be preparing and planning uh, to return in a better way. And instead of just waiting passively, how might we wait in a way that's more active? So let's dive into that. First of all, let's talk about the situation we find ourselves in. Um, how is it that, Brian, what's your take on this? Uh, from the perspective of, you know, the, the church practitioner in kids ministry, how do we need to be interpreting what we're seeing? Yeah, I, I think, Chuck, what you just said was was really accurate. That I, My read on the situation was when it first happened, I think all of us had this notion of it was going to be a few weeks. That's why we at Lifeway, we, we scrambled to say, okay, how can we equip churches to come alongside their families to continue doing this in the home for the two, three, four weeks? And then you can pick up without being a disruption and have to stop for four weeks and and then we quickly realized, oh, no, it's going to be a couple of months, maybe. And then we started shifting to how can we help churches serve online through that platform before we gather again? And then we got to this next window of like, oh, this could be a lot longer. And even when we start regathering, we're seeing churches regathering apart from kids ministry. Mm -hmm. Worship is gathering. Maybe some kids worship, but we're not seeing kids Bible study Sunday school, for example, and so that's different. 
And then you start seeing the next one. Well, no, we're gathering, but we have this social distancing. And then as you said, a lot of people are like, I'm somewhere in that spectrum, but I don't know what's in store for tomorrow. Um, you know, are we going to have to go in steps or are we going to jump? And so a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of frustration and concern, um, and just a lot of people being tired because we've tried things. We, we've, we put fuel quickly onto solutions that turned out to be temporary in hindsight. And also we're seeing fatigue sitting in across the board. So now I see a lot of kids leaders who are saying, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried this. Mm. My parents aren't engaging, my leaders aren't engaging, my kids aren't even engaging anymore. What do I do? So I I just sense right now, especially in the kids men community, just a need for encouragement and a need for some kind of practical plan that we can sink our teeth into. It's too hard to have all these questions and just openness. We're used to planning months ahead. We plan mm-hmm. VBS the day after VBS right. ends for the next year, right? Mm-hmm. And so this thing of I can't do anything until I hear what my state's doing, this is just not the best place for kids ministry leaders to be in. Absolutely. So, Jenna, we talked a little bit about different places that different kids leader, kid leaders are falling. <laughs> Some are in that watch and wait category. Talk to us about what are the other things that you observe as uh, places where some of the rest of us might be. Yeah, I mean... First of all, let me just piggyback what Brian said. You guys who are listening out there are rock stars. The, what, what the kids mm. ministry world has endured through all of this is very, very different from what a senior pastor has capabilities of doing, what the worship team has the ability to do, the deacons, the elders, all the people who are getting to actually problem solve. It kind of feels like we mm. in Kidman world are on the bench and waiting. So there, you said it, Brian, we're watching and waiting and wondering. I'll add a third W. Um, there you go, senior pastors. We almost have a sermon. <laughs> I like it. Um, I like it. Watching, waiting, and wondering what is what is going to happen next. And so um, I applaud the patience and the endurance that I've been seeing, but also the creativity that I've been seeing in the midst of all of all of the question marks. So, you know, we're just coming out of summer as summer is ending. And man, I don't know about you guys, but I have seen some phenomenal, creative VBSs and camps that I don't think I could have thought of. I know that that um, our VBS team, um, who's also happens to be very creative, put out some ideas, kind of some idea starters for what what you could do, and you guys took it all the way, and so that was fantastic to watch. Um, I would say that now. It seems like there's been a shift from we've gotten some summer activities in in one way or the other, whether it's remotely or whether it's um, a drive-in experience, um, Zoom calls, all the things that we've been seeing to shifting towards, okay, what do I do now where my church is actually starting to either talk about coming back or they're already meeting in worship service. And the next decision is when do the kids come back? And so, like you said, Brian, Mm -hmm. we're looking at Okay, what is what is the local school district doing, or the like? Nashville has what are the local ten school districts doing, um, <laughs> and all the private schools and 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 that sort of thing. And there's been no one's on the same page really. And so churches are trying to take those into account. 
they're trying to take into account, okay, what happens when, um, you know, there's COVID positive cases since the church has started meeting? That happens. That's already happening. Um, so what are, what are the standards around that? So um, what can we do now that would make um, um, us feel like we are doing ministry no matter what? I think that's the new message that I want people to mm. hear. Um, and I think you guys would agree. Tell me if you don't. Um, how can we do ministry no matter what and get into our heads and our spirits, quite frankly, because this is challenging spiritually and emotionally, mm. is instead of the watching and waiting on the bench, um, how can we forge ahead and do ministry no matter what? You know, Jana, I would, <clears throat> I would just say, yeah, what you just said is, is really critical because I think a lot of kids ministry leaders are are used to unfortunately not getting the rec- recognition they deserve and need from other ministry leaders yeah. and so forth. It's it's uh, kids ministry is often relegated to this sub sub ministry. It's important but it's it's cute and and it, it's not the same as what we do the adults at the adult table at Thanksgiving. Go back to your kids table at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of kids ministry leaders already have that to deal with. And, and, and again, I, to the shame of the church, kids ministry should be elevated uh, to a high degree of importance and, and value. But what I think a lot of kids ministry leaders do is they say, but that may be true, but my kids, I see them engaging and they remind me of why it's important. And my parents do as well and my leaders. Well, now, as I said, I, we're in a season where I think a lot of kids ministry leaders are just feeling really beat up because even that information has dried up. The kids aren't watching what they're doing online as much. Families aren't doing what, you know, we've sent things home and they're not doing it like we think they need to and they should and so forth and leaders. And and so I think the, the potential is there's somebody listening right now who is saying, I, I just want to give up. Hmm. I want to quit. Why, why, why? I'm not making a difference right now. Why bother? Why why invest any more time in something that seems pointless? And to that person, I would say it's not pointless. The scripture says whatever you do for, for Christ has meaning. It, it has value. And we can't measure that. We keep persevering. We, we, we push on. It's something I had to learn in, in ministry early on when, when one, literally one kid showed up for an event. Uh, this was, when I was It was a student ministry event and one kid showed up. And I thought about just sending him home, but I said, no, we're going to do it. And um, and God used that to remind me, don't worry about the ones who are not there. Focus on the one who is yeah, there. That's good. Don't worry about the ones you feel I should be giving you. Focus on the ones I have given you. And so I think even if, if you have a kids ministry leader who's doing a Zoom thing and only a fraction of the kids are, are watching, you're still impacting those kids. Don't forget it's so that. Worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. So whatever we're doing, and also we don't want to model what we don't want our parents to do, and that's quit in ministry when it gets hard. It's mm, good. So this, as hard as it is, this is a season where we need to model the value of the gospel, the importance of the gospel, and keep persevering and fight for joy in the midst yeah. of that. To teach our parents, to teach our kids, to teach our leaders that the gospel comes first and foremost, and we never abandon the gospel. So I know it's easy for me to say, and it's hard to do, but that's my prayer for kids ministry leaders. That's my encouragement that they remember that and keep fighting. Yeah. 
Well, we have on, on one side, an extreme side, we have those who are the watchers and waiters who are feeling paralyzed, not sure what to do, and they need ideas and inspiration. Yeah. On the other side of that, Jana, you mentioned a lot of these churches that we have seen who have just blown it out of the yeah. water and gone above and beyond, and largely on their own, the strength of their own teams. Yeah. They have media uh, in-house. They have talented people who know how to create that mm -hmm. stuff. But even then, one of the difficulties with, with making all that stuff and having to recreate it week after week after week after week is it's exhausting. Oh, yes. It's not sustainable for some right. of us. Even if you can do it, you can do that in the short yeah. run to fill a gap. But when that becomes what's expected every week, it gets really difficult right. to, to maintain your energy. Uh, and like Brian said, to not lose heart if you see numbers down right. a, a bit. It's still worth it even for the one. But we need something that that allows um, those who don't know what to do on their own to have something they can use easily. And for those who are who are already doing something, but they're wearing themselves out and trying to do it the, uh, on their own, we need to make it easier for them. Yeah. And so we have been working together behind the scenes as a team since the beginning yeah. of this whole thing to figure out ways that we can make it easy, that we can inspire the church and that we can equip them well so that they can do this in a way that is sustainable. Yes. And that's not just one thing. It's not just one product. And here's the answer. Ta -da. Yeah. It's a way of thinking for us as resource providers mm -hmm. to figure out how to provide resources to the church that are practical and applicable and actionable where they are today. So let's talk about some of those ideas, some of those things that, uh, that we have in the works. Uh, some of them are not quite available yet at the time that we are having this conversation, but they're coming very, very soon. So let's talk about what are we thinking uh, and, and what's coming down the pike? Who wants to start? Well, I'll start with one of the things. Again, I mentioned this earlier that when this first started uh, kind of erupting back in March, our thinking was, hey, we've, we've got to help churches resource parents and families better. That has been a concern of ours before COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we've always been aware of this. this is, it's a value of ours. Uh, we were taking steps toward that uh, to improve resources, but this kind of just sped it up for us as we recognize you know, that the need is greater now than ever. Well, that hasn't gone away, even though a lot of churches now can meet either through Zoom or even in person and so forth. And even when COVID ends and the ministry context is more like it used to be, this is something that we know scripturally the more we can strengthen and come alongside families in the home, the better off we are, that partnership. So we have a new resource coming out called At Home. So if you use one of our three ongoing Bible studies, either Bible Studies for Life, Explore the Bible, or the Gospel Project, uh, it will have an At Home portion of it that will be included for this fall. And, and it's brand is, new content. It's a brand new content that, that is designed for churches to share with their families to use in the home. Um, it will be able to be shared so a family can use a, a digital device, a, a, a phone or whatever, tablet, uh, and do family ministry, family worship, family discipleship through that platform. And what we, we thought of was this, because again, like ministry leaders are tired, so are families. I know my, my wife is exhausted, um, you know, trying to finish up the school year with the kids um, she's studying in a master's program, so she has that going on. You know, all, all the normal things in life, she's just worn out. Mm -hmm. And I know she's not alone. Many are. And so what we see is this need, and also keeping in mind, not every family does family discipleship. We know this. They should, but they don't. So what we wanted to do is provide a resource 
that provides an easy entry, meaningful content, but manageable t- content so it's not overwhelming, but then also is content that, that a family can grow into and do more. So we kind of view it in three concentric circles. The bullseye, the one thing we want to encourage families to do is a family worship experience one night a week. It could be 10 to 15 minutes long, developed around a read, pray, sing kind of rhythm. Reading the Bible story from that week, uh, we include the Bible story videos from from the resource, um, having a suggested prayer, um, and then singing some as a family. And again, it can be as, as, if you just do what we offer, it can be as quick as 10 minutes or so. Or a family that's more experienced can stretch that out with other resources, other elements that they like using in family worship. So that's the sweet spot. So I would say if you're a kids ministry leader and you're going to share this, make sure it's clear to your families that that's a win. If that's all you do, 10 minutes once a week, that's a win that you can build on. There's no shame in that. It's a win. But for those families who do want a little bit more, the next step out, the next circle out is a morning and evening prayer prompt for the week. It's the same prayer prompt all week long. So it's not like you have to keep going back to your phone every morning. Oh, what's it today? <laughs> um, probably a day or two, you probably get used to it and kind of do it from from you know memory. And it's simply a way that you can continue to maybe have a little bit of discussions and pray about something related to the content of that week. So you build that on as many nights, as many mornings as you want. And then the, the last thing, the, the outermost circle, is if you still want to do a little bit more, we have two activities suggested for the family to do at some point during the week. You can choose to do both. You can do one. If neither you know work for you, then you skip them that week. But again, I hope what we see here is this kind of being, a, an, I call it an accordion, that you can stretch out. You can start simply mm-hmm. 10 minutes. That's a win, but then you can stretch it out and have an even more robust ministry. So we're excited about this. We hope it serves the family well. Yeah, I think the family ministry piece is something that has been a redeeming thing from this whole mess. <laughs> Let's just call it that. Um, and and so that has been exciting to see uh, the time that we've been given back for parents and families to have the time, they can't use that as an excuse anymore, um, to be with their kids and to disciple their kids, even if it's just taking those small little nuggets, like you said, Brian, and then hopefully expanding on them. Um, and then for you know us to resource uh, churches, children's ministry leaders, to help equip their families to do that. Start somewhere. Here's, here's something where you can start. I think we're also, though, as we're entering a season of what does it look like to re-enter, there's a desperate, I mean, we've talked about it, we miss our churches. So it's back to the church and home piece that we're always trying to lift up. I think we've had a chance to um, help parents and help families, help the home have um, tools for discipleship. But now what does it look like uh, to have church again? It's going to look different. And it could be, again, like an accordion, if I can use your illustration, where we come sometimes to church and then something, you know, in our numbers, our phases and our counties and, 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 and things like that, or just maybe a little outbreak at our church, we shrink back and we don't go to church for a while. So how do I, as a children's minister, still have a connection with my families? How am I still doing ministry to um, uh, my um kiddos when they're at church and when they're at home? How do I as the children's minister still 
help? How do I still equip volunteers to do the same? And so there are some other tools that we're working on to help leaders do just that so that they can still, instead of putting on what I kind of tongue in cheek call the virtual variety show, which I think a lot of us feel like we've been doing. Um, I know I teach Zoom Sunday school and it feels like, okay, what can I do this week? Because my kids didn't seem to be engaging last week. Or my numbers are starting to drop, and I think it's because kids are bored. Or, um, or it may just be because it's summer and families are, are trying to get out more and do little things as cities open and towns open. Um, there's lots of reasons for that. But how can I keep things consistent? Um, I think that's the other thing. There's been so much change and disruption yeah. in the life of kids um, in relation to school and church and community that if the church— you as children's ministers keeps, can keep some things the same, then there's comfort yeah. in that. There's a, um, the known in that and feeling known in that. And so when we allow ourselves mm. permission to not feel like we have to produce a brand new virtual variety show every week, uh, we can um, allow for some things to be consistent and to feel known to our kids and our parents. So tools for that are coming as well. Yeah, and that's one thing. So, I mean, as, a, as a, one of the leaders in the Gospel Project, I've been asked for a while, um, off and on, not, not by a large number of people, but enough to provide some kind of uh, media show, PowerPoint presentation that, that, that churches could use. And I've always been resistant to do that because I'm always worried about the line that of crossing where we prescribe something. Um, we we want to provide a resource that is as plug and play as possible, but also every church context is unique. And so we're always careful not to prescribe it as if there's a certain way you ought to do it. And I've always been concerned that providing a media show like that would prescribe a rhythm too much. Well, at least for now, I've put that to death because... Jana, what you're talking about is so true, that consistency, that rhythm. And so we provided all three brands, the Gospel Project, Bible Studies for Life, and Explore the Bible, are providing a media show presentation. It's in PowerPoint that you can convert to whatever other show of your choice. And you can still customize it, but it gives you that rhythm, that logic, that, that flow of content that you could take, Use that as your starting point. The videos are already embedded into it, for example, the different uh, posters and so forth. And you can develop a teaching plan around that, making it easier for you as a ministry leader, doing a lot, hopefully, of the heavy lifting for you. You fill in the teaching part. The videos are right there. You're just pressing next. Do the minor modifications and call it a day. And then you can do it consistently. And again, the hope is that it, it takes time it frees up your time, frees up your thinking yeah. of, oh, I got to create, I right. got to create. No, you just use. Yeah. And that's good. I, and again, let me let me just speak to the kids ministry heart. It's great that you're creative. Kids ministry leaders are creative like nobody else. But don't find your value in creativity. Find your value in communicating the gospel. And creativity is great, but it's not the primary goal or task. And if in this season, especially, you have to simplify to preserve gospel teaching, then do that. If you can still be creative and do it, have at it. But if your tank's running low, don't jettison the gospel. Think about easing up on creativity. 
if something has to go. Yeah. And I will say, the, I don't know if, if <clears throat> our listeners have used PowerPoint much on, on a Zoom call. It is the easiest thing in the world. Oh, it's it great. is so easy and it makes, it, it gives you your visuals. It gives you a way to methodically go through the content and engage kids you can and use hold your teaching their attention. pictures. You can display um, your like verses. You said, yeah. yeah. It's just all right yeah. there. And I want to say to our Kidman leaders who are listening, our directors, our ministers, our pastors, that it's so easy that you can also give yourself a little break and hand it over to one of your volunteers and your teachers. And they're not going to feel intimidated by using Zoom because this PowerPoint makes it just foolproof, Mm. really. So it's a way to involve, keep involving your volunteers. So as you go back to in-person, they haven't lost you know, connection yeah. with mm-hmm. your ministry. Well, we definitely need to be thinking not about or, but about and, right? So we were we were all yeah. about meeting at church and that's just what we did. And most of us didn't do any sort of a virtual experience or digital experience or at-home experience. We sent home an activity page and that was the end of it, uh, which, and it wound up on the floor of the minivan or something, or maybe it made it home, who knows? But <laughs> we've shifted to, we have to do everything now virtually, remote, church from anywhere. As we go back, I think we need to be careful to not assume that we can just go back to one or the other. Really, we need to be doing both in an ongoing basis. Because even as we are, are meeting physically, we may have a percentage of our people who are not with us uh, in, the, in the room at church, who we still need to have connected with the study plan that we are that we are teaching through. And so we need to have effective ways so that those who who are physically present and those who are not physically present can remain on the same page and we can continue um, to to have an effective ministry to them, whether they're with us physically or not. And so these these resources that we're developing are come out of that heart uh, and they're coming soon. Brian, what can you tell us about when we might expect to see some of these things and how will we find out about them when they're ready? Yeah. So we're hoping that these are both available early to mid-August. So about the time where this podcast should be available to listen to or watch, um, they should be available. The, the at-home, uh, we're, we're hoping that's available about August 10th, maybe even a little bit earlier, that we will message churches that have bought fall curriculum, whether that be print, uh, whether that be digital through My Curriculum Manager, that we're going to message you and let you know how you can access this content at no additional cost to serve. Yeah, and if you if you are yes. a purchaser of one of those lines of curriculum, explore the Bible, kids, Bible studies for life, kids, or the Gospel Project for kids, the at home uh, feature is something that we are providing with no additional yeah, charge. So we're going to message that, and then the third additional way to purchase curriculum, digital curriculum through Ministry Grid, it will be included in that automatically. So that hopefully will be all available here in the next week or so, if, if that, if, if not sooner. And then purchasing additional curriculum through Ministry Grid itself. Again, the, the hope there is to make it easy for uh, churches to not only purchase, but to, to consume the curriculum and to share the curriculum. That should be available. Fall content should be available any day, if not already by the time this episode drops. And through that ministry grid platform, which will be a new way for us to deliver digital curriculum to the church, leaders will be able to assign out uh, lesson materials to their teachers digitally and distribute them and uh, to the family as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So the family portion at home 
will be part of that automatically. It's an easy process to either create an email distribution and just email it every week, um, or you can share a link or something. So it's an easy process to share that on a weekly basis. And doing it on a weekly basis, yeah, it takes you a minute or so uh, every week, but it, it helps the families. One thing we've heard our families, they sometimes they don't know what lesson you're on. So if you just say, here's 13 weeks, and you're like, okay, where are we? So just scheduling a Monday morning task. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to send out that email or whatever. Or even sometimes, like I know Gmail now has an auto schedule feature. You could, in theory, drop in a lot in advance. And so there are different ways for us as ministry leaders to connect our families, but it's something that will be an ongoing thing with them. And then, as you said, Chuck, with you can share content with, with your ministry team uh, through that platform. Our, our heart, our hope is this. We recognize, and we've talked about this so much, we recognize there are so many different contexts of ministry going on right now. We're trying our best to come alongside you in whatever context you're in. You're doing Zoom, here's a resource that we hope helps. You need to equip the home, here's a resource that we hope that helps. You're you're gathering again. Well, you know, I know we in the Gospel Project, we're trying to, to create some social distancing activity options for fall content to share to help in that regard as well. So we're trying everything we can come alongside you and say, yeah, it's worth it. You can continue doing this. We're doing what we can yeah. to help you out. Jenna, we had said going into this conversation that we want this to have an encouraging tone. We, d- we don't want to make anyone feel bad for what they're not doing or what they're not able to do, but we want to encourage them that wherever they are, we can help. What would be, as we close the episode, what would be your words of encouragement to the church leader right now, whether they're watchers and waiters or planners and preppers or trying to hold it together and uh, doing everything they can to put on that virtual variety show? What word of encouragement would you share with those leaders? The first thing that comes to mind is just remember your calling. And I know that sounds so just easy, but um, sometimes when we go through seasons like this, and this is a season like none of us have ever been through, um, man, that's all you can hold on to is that I was called to this, not just when it's easy, not just when everybody's healthy and when things are known, um, but I'm called to serve the church. I'm called to the mission of the gospel. And I'm called to specifically, for those of us listening, to children's ministry, to family ministry. And so if you let that guide you, then it's easier to not um, get cynical and give up hope. Although we're going to have some hours and maybe days where we want to. Um, we've certainly heard about that and, and um, have walked with some of you through that. But my encouragement would be that uh, we are doing this for a bigger purpose. And that is really where uh, we have an advantage, if you think about it, because we have friends that are doing jobs in the secular world who also are growing fatigued and want to give up and throw in the towel, but they don't have the greater hope of the why. And we have that. And so even when it's difficult and it feels like a big puzzle right now, um, I, I just know that the Lord is going to guide us and show us each in our own contexts, because we have to think culturally and contextually and even regionally where we're doing ministry as we navigate this. The Lord is going to guide us through the Holy Spirit, to know um, what is right for the right time, for the right resource, for mm. the um, the right kind of method to equip mm. parents and children during this time. 
and, and we are for you and we are praying for you uh, here at LifeWay. A good word. Brian, thank you for your time. Jana, thank you as always. Listeners, you need to know our message to you is that you're not alone. You're not in this alone. First of all, you need to know that other people have the same stresses that you do right now. You're not the only one. Other people have the same responses that you've had. You're not the only one. You need to know that we are here. We're in your corner and we will continue to work to provide resources to make it easy for you and to provide helps uh, to help you figure out how to use those things as effectively as you can. I want to encourage you to connect with us through social media, especially through our Facebook communities. So head over to Facebook. I know that you're on it. Everybody is these days. And then you're scrolling. Make sure you add Lifeway Kids. Find our page and like us. That's a great place for you to have news and information from LifeWay, including updates on our podcast episodes, our new blog posts, uh, promotional things that are happening, and just words of encouragement in your Facebook feed from LifeWay Kids. So find that and like it. If you do use one of our uh, resources, Explore the Bible, the Gospel Project for Kids or Bible Studies for Life Kids, Look for the communities for each of those resources within Facebook as well. And you'll find a group of other people who use the resource. And if you have specific questions or you're looking to connect with someone about the resource you use, that's a great place to go. So look for us on Facebook at Lifeway Kids and then at each of those brands. And we'd love to stay connected with you. We hope that this has been encouraging and we want to encourage you. You can do this. Stay strong um, in uh, what is it you're committed to doing, which is connecting kids to the gospel. So we encourage you. Thank you for listening. See you back again next time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.